TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It's Graybar Sports Open Line here on KMOX, and it is once again time to uh, welcome on to the program Sean Malone. Of course, you hear him uh, all over our newscast throughout the day, but he also has another side. He has his uh, fantasy football side. He is a fantasy writer for uh, Fantrax. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X. He also uh, co-hosts the uh, Fly Fantasy Football Podcast. You follow him on Twitter at smalone 2070 He joins us right now for our weekly fantasy football conversation. Hey, Sean. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, the thing that's really struck me here recently, and maybe we talked about this a little bit last week, but we, you know, running backs are such an important part of fantasy football. When starting running backs go down, it seems like there's not like a single guy that ever takes over for him. Like you try to make the most of injury situations, but it just doesn't seem like that's happening very much. Well, that's why like handcuffs are always so valuable when it's the right handcuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not a firm believer that every handcuff needs or every running back you need to have their handcuff, but there's a handful of guys where you know who the next man up is. And it's just taking out an insurance policy. Um, Even if you don't take it out on your own running back, you know, if someone owns Christian McCaffrey, who he was able to play on Monday night football, but Elijah Mitchell uh, when healthy is going to be the next man up. You know, it's almost like taking out an insurance policy on your buddy's car. If he has Christian McCaffrey and you have Elijah Mitchell, if his car gets in a wreck, now all of a sudden you've got a running back that's worthy of starting. Um, But there was some mystery around one running back backfield in particular last week that I'm happy to say I called it pretty well in last week's episode, the Rams running back situation. Daryl Henderson was an awesome play for anyone that streamed him last week. And he's all the way at the top of my list of ads for this week right now. Uh, Two factors that I really liked that I saw from him in that game was, number one, he got 57% of the snaps. So even though he just came in off the street, I know he knows McVay's system because he's got familiarity being there for the past couple of years previously. Um, But even with those 57% of snaps, what really was optimistic to me, he played 39 snaps in total in that game. He got the ball or they targeted him with the football 20 times. So while he was on the field... They made an effort to get him the ball over half the time he was on the field. I imagine as he continues to get into game shape, uh, especially with both Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers on the IR, they're not going to be coming back for a couple of weeks. We could see a lot more work for Daryl Henderson increasing over these couple of weeks. I had Zach Evans. I didn't start him, but I had him just thinking that maybe he would get something and he really wasn't much of a factor. That's going to go down as one of the biggest fantasy football waiver wire mirages yeah. we've had this season where he was, if you will, the incumbent guy on the job. Royce Freeman and uh, Daryl Henderson weren't really the guys. Uh, I mean, they weren't even on the team a week ago. Um, But 
the comment that really stood out to me from McVeigh that kind of tipped me off of, okay, Henderson is going to probably be the guy this week is uh, some reporter asked Sean McVeigh about uh, Evans and Henderson, and he just went on raving about how smart Henderson is and how quick he is to pick things up. And I, I'm not even sure I'd have to go back and listen to the comments again if he even mentioned hmm. Zach Evans at all. So that's one of those little anecdotes that you get if you see it in the middle of the week, sometimes there's smoke or there's fire behind the smoke. That was the instance where there was the smoke of those comments and the fire came on Sunday when Daryl Henderson got the ball quite a bit and Zach Evans didn't see the field once. With the Atlanta Falcons, B. John Robinson owners were really hurt. He barely played, <laughs> and now the NFL is actually going to look into the Falcons because clearly he was dealing with something. He wasn't on the injury report. He wasn't listed as having an illness. And, you know, we talk about injury reports and the impact on gambling, but it has just as much of an impact on fantasy football. Yeah, and that's the gambling aspect is a big reason why that injury report exists in the first place. Um, so that way, you know, if someone is going to be hurt, it has to be communicated. I'm not sure how it works on the game day aspect of it. I, I know obviously during practice, they have to designate each day whether or not someone was limited by Friday. They've got to give them a designation of they're 100% healthy, which means they're off the injury report altogether. They're questionable or doubtful. Probable hasn't been a thing in years now. Um, but that was just so bizarre that there wasn't an ounce of any sort of information that Bijan was dealing with anything, not even prior to kickoff. Yeah. I mean, during the first quarter, people were wondering, is, is Bijan Robinson suspended for part of the game is he you know being benched to have a message sent to him like did something happen and it wasn't really until halftime we got that news that he was dealing with an illness post game it wound up being a headache but the biggest headache was for fantasy football managers that have Bijan robinson on their team i lost a couple of leagues Mm. simply because Bijan robinson got 0.3 points one carry in the final 45 seconds of the game for three yards so Taylor Swift is having the Travis Kelsey effect. Now there was a graphic that was thrown up showing <laughs> his numbers when she's in attendance and his numbers uh, when she's not. Nothing against Taylor Swift, and I am a big Taylor Swift fan. Okay, but good to know. I, I think a lot more of that had to do with Travis Kelsey was coming back off of an ankle injury, and he's a little bit healthier now than he was at week two and week three of the season. I forget at what point they actually started dating one another. I think that has a bigger factor to do with it, but Travis Kelsey, uh, I, I, he's playing out of his mind right now, and... I wouldn't be shocked if there's almost like a layer of insurance to Travis Kelsey in those blowout games where Andy Reid is thinking, okay, let's get Travis Kelsey another touchdown because Taylor Swift's in attendance. Because that kind of the, the Kansas City Chiefs like to have fun with things like yeah. that. They'll do the ring around the rosy type huddle, you know. So I I, I don't I'm, it doesn't really elevate the value of Travis Kelsey just because I don't know if his value can get any higher. But if you're a Travis Kelsey owner, I think you can have a little comfort of if it's a 28 nothing game and Travis Kelsey hasn't scored, they might. At least I, I believe they would try to get him a touchdown. He single-handedly got me a win this week. Take that, Fox 2's Daniel Esteve. <laughs> That's who I was matched up against this week, and I took down Daniel. So I, I lost I- in a 12-team full PPR, 165 to 164. Ooh. Yeah, and I had Addison and I had Madison going on Monday night as well. And I had Kelsey and Mahomes both together in Mm. that game and still came away with the loss. That was tough to swallow. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, give me some of the players. You know, we always look at uh, what's going on from an injury perspective. What else? You know, players who are taking a step forward, players who might be available in leagues. Who should should managers be looking at? So uh, this is an interesting week because although bye weeks are rolling through, 
they're not happening this week. Not a single team yeah. is on a buying week eight, which I don't know why the NFL does that. I feel like in 2023, we can figure out how to spread bye weeks there was, out a little there bit six more. six buys last there week? There were six teams yeah. on a buy, and I think this coming week, there's six on a buy as well, something like that, where it's like, come on, you can't take two from here, two from there, make Let's it go four, four, four. four, four. four. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm not great at math. I work in radio for a reason. Uh, I mentioned Daryl Henderson. I think in pretty much all leagues, especially if you're a Kyron Williams owner, he's a must-add. I think that he already showed he's got potential to be a low-end RB2 or a flex at worst. If he continues to get more touches over the next couple of weeks, that's going to go up. Kendrick Bourne was really interesting for me because he's performed well in Every game this season, um, even at his absolute lowest, he's got five and a half points per game. I've avoided making a big name, a big deal out of him just because the targets haven't exactly been there. There was a stretch with three weeks in a row that he didn't have more than five targets in a game. And I like those underlying stats, targets, snap counts, things like that. But in the last two weeks, he's had 18 targets and he's put up in full PPR, 17 points or more in each of those games. Listen, someone's got to catch the ball in New England. It's not a prolific passing attack, but someone has to throw it, and that's Mac Jones for now, at least for the majority of the game. Uh, and Kendrick Bourne seems to be the one that more often than not is coming down with the football. So I think he's certainly someone worth rostering. Um, I mentioned the cloud around the running back uh, core for the Arizona Cardinals last week, and again, it changed again this mm -hmm. week with... Ingram not seeing the field at all, let alone getting the ball, even though uh, he got the ball more than DeMarcado did the week prior. Now this past Sunday, DeMarcado was the lead back of the bunch, and he got 13 carries for 58 yards. So if you're really looking for someone to add, I think, you know, running back, Henderson's first, I think DeMarcado's second. And kind of like I mentioned with McVay, keeping an eye out for comments that are made, I wouldn't add him yet, but just a name to keep an eye on over the next couple of days, Leonard Fournette. A lot of reporters have been talking about whether or not teams are bringing him in for a workout. The Buffalo Bills almost brought him in for a workout last week. I feel like the Bills offense still needs just one more playmaker on it, especially with the struggles they've had over the last couple of weeks offensively. Maybe they give a second thought to bringing Leonard Fournette. Maybe someone else does, but that could be one of those midseason ads where it's not going to pay off immediately, but two, three, four weeks down the road, he could start getting to a point where, depending on the matchup, you put him in your flex spot. He is Sean Malone. You hear him uh, during KMOX newscast. He's uh, a reporter, but he also does a lot with fantasy football. Again, uh, you read him, uh, fantraxhq.com. That's fantraxhq.com. And uh, the podcast, what's uh, going on there? Yeah, the Fly Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, Colin McTamney and myself, uh, I usually handle the waiver wire weekly pod, so I'll have a lot more names in that pod this week. Um, and Colin, or sometimes Colin and myself, will break down all the games coming up that week as well well so uh definitely keep an eye out for that and you can subscribe uh where all podcasts are found including the odyssey app at s malone 27 on twitter sean thanks for your time thank you sean malone joining us here on the program and we appreciate him taking a few moments with us talking all things fantasy football as uh yeah we're uh we're we always enjoy these tuesday conversations to give you an idea of who you should be looking at on the waiver wire when we return uh we're gonna do a lot of blues hockey for about the next half hour or so luke korak will join us and then later on this hour we'll hear a little bit from uh craig baruby as the blues are getting set to be uh, in action this evening they match up against uh winnipeg that game is scheduled to get started in about a half hour as we roll on with a gray bar sports open line on kmox tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone 
news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. A great bar sports open line rolls on here on a Tuesday night. The Blues, they are opening up a four-game road trip. They'll play three games north of the border. Winnipeg, Calgary, Vancouver, and then they'll match up against Colorado before eventually returning home on Friday, November 3rd, when they match up against New Jersey. We're very happy to welcome on to the program via the Quiver River Electric guest line. Covers the Blues for uh, NHL.com and also the Hockey News. You follow him on Twitter at LKorak10. It's our uh, good friend Luke Korak. Hey, Lou, how are you? I'm good, Matt. What's going on? Uh, not a whole lot. Blues in action uh, tonight. It is sounding likely that uh, Pavel Buchnevich is going to be back in the lineup this evening. Uh, if indeed that does happen, are you at all surprised? I mean, it seems like when that, uh, I don't know, just based off kind of the news of yesterday or maybe the day before, it felt like he was maybe one more game away, but he might play tonight. Yeah, when I came into practice yesterday, I thought there was no way that he was going to play because he stepped out on the ice in one of those proverbial no contact red jerseys and uh you're thinking okay well then he he's not ready to take any kind of contact yet so uh get on the ice continue to progress to getting back to action you figured okay he's probably going to be on this road trip at some point uh was probably going to go to Canada maybe not play tonight but uh then towards the end of practice starts taking a little bit of contact from some teammates and uh Craig Berube when he left it open ended yesterday that uh he sounded pretty encouraged that he was going to possibly get into the lineup tonight. Then you started to think, well, it looks like, you know, there's a, there's a pretty good chance that this is going to happen after, you know, the takeaways of yesterday. And it's a shot in the arm for this team, because quite honestly, uh, I thought Nikita Alexandrov struggled a little bit on uh, Saturday against Pittsburgh and didn't see the ice for the, about the last just under 25 minutes. And, uh, you knew Craig Berube was going to shorten the bench there, especially with a lead. He was going to get some of his veteran guys out there. And when Pittsburgh's rolling Crosby and Malkin out there, double shifting those guys that uh, Alexandrov wasn't going to see the ice much, felt like he was going to be better. And when you make that trade off, I, th- I think you're uh, put, putting out and icing a good line up there in Winnipeg tonight. So it would appear that Buchnevich will be on that second line with Shin and Kapanen and Saad will stay on the first line with Thomas and Kairou. Is that more because Saad's going out and, and had that two goal game last time out? So don't mess with what was working. Yeah. Craig Berube's not going to switch things up if he liked what he saw. And I know he liked what he saw out of that line, uh, on Saturday and not just because they were able to pot a couple of goals in both of those, like you said, from Brandon Saad, but uh, they defended well and you're going up against Crosby all night. You're going to have to play both ends of the ice. And I thought they did a good job. And for the first time this year, somebody was able to keep Sidney Crosby uh, from getting a goal or an assist. And uh, you know, that's, that's a pretty good line in itself with Gensel and with Brian Rust and, uh, you know, not only do you have to be, you know, aware and mindful of what you need to do offensively, but you also need to defend as well. And uh, Craig Berube 
felt like that trio progressed from the game against Arizona on Thursday. And yeah, he's going to, he's going to keep them together for the time being while they're rolling. And I actually think that's not a bad spot for Buchnevich to be in on with, uh, with Shannon Kapanen, because, you know, up until Saturday, Matt, that, that line hadn't produced a whole lot offensively. It's not that they've been playing poorly, but they just hadn't, they just haven't been getting a whole lot there. And, uh, Putting Buchnevich out there, who's both responsible on the offensive end and defensive end, uh, they all could complement each other really well. What does Saad do on that first line that maybe Buchnevich doesn't, and vice versa? Just I know you got into a little bit in that last answer, but when you're looking at that first line with Thomas and Kairou, how do they look different when it's Saad versus when it's Buchnevich? I don't know if it's so much looking different, but it's just, Brandon Saad's got that that knack for just driving the net, and you've got two guys like Thomas and Kairu that like to funnel those pucks towards the net, and Brandon Saad's just got that got that north mindset. Not that Buchnevich doesn't, because you know he's a skilled player and a guy that likes to you know get down and dirty in in that crease himself, and is not afraid to take and dish out some of that punishment. But it just seemed like you, you could you could see that on Saturday. Brandon Saad just had a nose for the net. I mean, the Blues only had 22 shots in that game, and he had six of them and nine attempts And just because he was driving the net hard. And I just think Craig Berube likes that concept out of him. He's got some sneaky speed. I'll tell you what, it's, it's not so much that he's going to be a guy that's gonna, that you're going to think is going to beat a Connor McDavid in, in, in one of those, uh, if you go to the all-star game, one of those speed skating competitions. But I talked to Braden Shen about this one time, and he just said he – he skates with such a power. It's it's a powerful stride that he skates with, and it's very deceptive. And uh, I just think it complements those two very well. Now, is it going to continue to go like that, game in and game out? If you're the Blues, you'd like to think so. But, you know, there there's going to come a time where, you know, maybe the well's going to dry out and they're going to get Buchnevich back up there with, with that duo. But for the time being, after after you're coming off a good game like that, Craig Ruby's not a guy that's going to get away from something that's been working. It worked on Saturday. You go back with it again tonight. We're talking with Luke Korak, covers the Blues for NHL.com, the hockey news. Uh, how It's only four games in. It's only one win. I'm not sitting here trying to make too big of a deal of you know just one of all the games you played during the course of the year, but coming off a, a just a bad performance against Arizona and with what happened last year in the minds of everybody, how important was it that the Blues came out on Saturday and looked really good against Pittsburgh and made it feel like that Arizona game was more of an anomaly than anything else? Well, and that, that's, that's what they're going to have to do because you're going to have hiccups. It's 82 games. It's a marathon of a year. You know, it sounds cliche. We talk about it all the time, but you know, you're going to, Justin Falk said it best, you know, whenever, whenever there's nights where you feel like you don't have it, you just have to make, you just have to keep things simple. And when you don't have it, and too many times last year, you're, that team was trying to make things more complicated than it needed to be. And you just kind of simplify things. So they just went out and it wasn't one of those games where it was a Picasso. I'll tell you that right now, but maybe that's the way this team is going to have to win because I had, I had too many people telling me, well, it wasn't like the blues look great. And I just tell them, you know, this is the way this team is going to have to play. They're going to have to, they're going to have to dig down into the trenches. They're going to have to make the games dirty. They're going to have to do the little things that maybe you necessarily don't want to do. And the results are going to be there because whether you win pretty or whether you win, win ugly, the objective is two points. 
they got the two points, and that's all that matters. If we're going to sit here and talk about part of the goal, maybe through the first third of the season, is just to make sure that you don't go into any type of long losing streak, don't put yourself into any type of a hole, and then we look at what's coming up. These next four games, four games on the road, three in Canada, and then you finish off with a really good Colorado team, it, it feels like they just need to go through this road trip and kind of survive it. More or less, yeah. I mean, and you know, you're going to go into – uh, your next venue, which is going to be Calgary. And after tonight, Winnipeg's kind of stubbed their toe out of the gates here, so they're going to want to get back on the saddle. Calgary the same way. They had one of their players today pretty much question the way they've started the season. And Vancouver's kind of been up and down. And like you had mentioned, you know, Colorado right now, and along with Vegas are two of the benchmarks of uh, the Western Conference. So you're going to have to continue to play the way you're playing defensively, which is basically limiting the opposition to the dots on out. They can have all the shots they want from those areas. And if you got Jordan Bennington playing the way he's playing right now, and he's playing fantastic and lights out, I think Colton Pareko's playing really, really well, probably as good as I've seen him play in a, pretty much going back to before he had that, he had his back issues back in 2021. I wrote something about him today. You got, if you got your main horses going, uh, you're going to give yourself a fighting chance. And that's, that's all there is to it. I mean, if, if you're looking at it, like you said, four games, you want to survive it. If you can get anywhere from four to five points out of this road trip, I think the Blues will take that. Anything more than that, you're going to be pretty pleased coming back home. Uh, and you just, got, you just got to continue to build. And I know a lot of these players, they look at their season in blocks of five games, and you, you're talking about ten points. If you can take anywhere from five, six, seven points out of – out of every 10 that you're going to play and they're going into their next block right now, you're going to be happy with the results at the end. Last thing for you, you wrote about it uh, at the hockey news, uh, your player to, uh, to watch tonight, uh, Kasperi Kapanen. What, uh, why is he your guy for tonight? I just like the way he's playing right now. I mean, he's playing with a lot of speed. He's playing with a lot of tenacity. He's been successful against Winnipeg, uh, nine game, nine career games. He's got nine points and he's complimented that line really well. And I know, you know, offensively, he didn't break out until the other night when he got two assists, and you knew he was going to be jacked up to play his former team. But I don't know. He's just somebody, and, and I felt like if you can throw Buchnevich in out there, you got two workers with him, with Buchnevich and Braden Shen, guys that can also score, but then you're, you kind of got Kapanen out there lurking in the weeds. These are all guys that are going to work hard. They're going to back check. They're going to play for each other, and this might be a night that I feel like that maybe – he might be able to dent the twine. We'll see what happens. Uh, building off of a really, really good game that he had on Saturday. And Craig Berube has really liked the way he's started the season. And he, and he feels like it's uh, started with his training camp and it's continued throughout so far. He's Luke Korak. You need to be reading him at NHL.com. Also at the Hockey News, you follow him on Twitter at LKorak10. Lou, as always, we appreciate your time and your insight. We'll do it again real soon. You got it, Matt. Take care. Very good. There's Luke Korak joining us here on the program. Quick update on what's going on in the NLCS. The Diamondbacks lead the Phillies by a one nothing score. The game in the second. Winner heads to the World Series to take on the Texas Rangers. Diamondbacks have something going in the second with a runner on. Do they still have a runner on? They do. They just got a stolen base. So, uh, yeah, they've got a runner in scoring position now. So we'll see if Arizona can make their way to the World Series 
and if that will force the retirement of Chris Mad Dog Russo. If you don't know what I'm talking about there, we'll talk about that a little bit more later on in the program. Right now, though, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll hear from Craig Berube, uh, his thoughts going into this game tonight between the Blues and the Jets. That's next. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. It's the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goldsmith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back out of here on the Graybar Sports Open Line. Have about uh, 20, 25 minutes left in the program. 8 o'clock tonight at your service. Our guy Mike Elam is going to be in the house. In fact, he'll join us in our final segment in uh, just a little bit as uh, we'll talk with him about, uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about with him, but we'll have him in here and we'll we'll figure it out. I'll bring up the uh, the Chris Mad Dog Russo thing with him coming up in uh, just a little while. If you don't know what I'm talking about, we'll play some audio from, uh, from Chris Mad Dog Russo, very much connected to what's going on in the NLCS, where again, the Diamondbacks have a one nothing lead on the Philadelphia Phillies. But we'll jump back into baseball blues. They are going to uh, drop the puck in about 10 minutes in Winnipeg. They match up against the Jets tonight. Uh, all indications are that Pavel Buchnevich is in the lineup. Matthew DeFranks tweeting out just a little while ago that Shin, uh, excuse me, that Buchnevich was uh, on the ice, and him and Shin and Kapanen are going to be the second line together, keeping Saad, Thomas, and Kairou together on the first line. Craig Berube met with the uh, audit, with, met with the uh, assembled media in Winnipeg earlier today, and uh, talked about the challenges of playing Winnipeg tonight. Well, you know, the same guy, you know, they have had Shifley and Connor here for a long time and, uh, you know, obviously very two very good players that, uh, you know, produce for them and they're hard to handle. They're, uh, you know, Shifley's a big guy that can skate and he's got great skill and Connor's got great ability and skill himself. So uh, it's going to be a tough game. It always is here. I mean, I think it's uh, the start of the game is crucial. Uh, this team starts quick in their own in their own barn um you know with the the fans and everything it's just it's a it's a tough environment here early on in the game now we talked about this with luke korak in our last segment when uh, we discussed the line pairings because Pavel Buchnevich began the season on that first line with Thomas and Kairou. Then Brandon Saad moves up into that spot. Saad uh, really did uh, play pretty well uh, in that game against Pittsburgh with, uh, with a couple goals in there. And now Saad's going to stay there on the first line where uh, Pavel Buchnevich is going to return and he'll be on the second line with uh, Braden Shin and uh, Kasperi Kapanen. So that line of Saad, Thomas, and Kairou... Uh, uh, Craig Burby talked about that line and uh, what he saw from them. Well, they moved the puck really well and they skated, I think, more than anything. I mean, uh, they had some great line rushes and did some real good things off the rush and and um, in the offensive zone. But, you know, when you're playing against Crosby all night, pretty much every shift, you got to be reliable defensively and you got to work. And that's what they did. I mean, I think they checked well and they worked, um, kept things in our own zone tight out to the outside and didn't give up odd man rushes. The combination, is that something you want to see more of and just kind of see how it develops? The line, you mean? Well, why would I break them up? They just, they've been producing the last couple of games for us. So Bucci's back. I'll, if he plays tonight, I'll, I'll find a different spot for him. I love the simplicity. I love the simplicity. They're playing well. Why would I break them up? Some, 
in life, we overthink things. So, And I am as guilty as anybody in the world. I overthink everything. Everything. I am an, I am, I'm an over... You see something and you think... You just you jump to all these different conclusions. God bless Craig Berube. Why would I break them up? They're performing well. I'll find another spot for Buchanavich. Like Just the simplicity of that answer, the simplicity of the common sense that goes along with it, Maybe Craig Berube should be more than a hockey coach. Maybe he should be amongst the people leading our country from a political standpoint when you look at everything's going on. Just very simple, common sense. They're playing well. Why would I break them up? Like, thank you. Thank you. Uh, from a big picture standpoint, I think it's been mostly good this year for the Blues. It One really bad performance against Arizona. They've played four games. They've played uh, three pretty solid performances. They have points in three of their four games. They have wins in two of their four games. Like it's been a it's been a mostly good start to the season. And I think Baruby would uh, agree with that, saying uh, talking about the different things that they've done well so far this year. I think um, just our defensive play has been really good. Uh, besides the one game against um, Arizona, I think we've been checking really well and. Again, not giving up odd man rushes, you know, doing a good job there and managing the puck very well. So I think we've got to continue to do that. You know, I mean, we've got to play good defense, got to manage the puck well, and, you know, hopefully uh, our power play picks it up and starts scoring some goals here for us. That would be good. That was one of our keys going into the season, getting more production from the power play. Uh, again, and just to repeat the things I said over and over and over again going into the season, you wanted to see the power play step forward. You wanted to see uh, defensively uh, them play better, and you wanted consistent goaltending from Jordan Bennington. They've gotten two of those three things, again, in three of the four games. And we keep doing the thing, and rightfully so, because this goes back to the whole, well, we don't really know who this team is. If we're going to sit here and continue to say that over and over and over, and and essentially I am going to keep saying that here probably for the next month or so, then all we can really do is compare them to who they were last year. Because there's still a lot of pieces from last year's team that's on this year's team, and there's a hope, maybe an expectation, but certainly a hope that this team and those individuals are going to take steps forward. But Barubi really believes that this team is improved compared to who they were last year. Yeah, I think last year obviously was a disappointment for everybody in the organization. Uh, it's you know we're not used to that, but it was a disappointing year in a lot of areas. But um, you got to look at those areas and improve upon them, and and you know what went wrong and what what you liked, and then make some changes that uh, help your team for this year. I think you know we made some changes and adjustments, and um, so that's where we're at. That's Craig Berube as the Blues are in action tonight. They open up a four-game road trip, three uh, games in a row in Canada, Winnipeg, Calgary, Vancouver, and then they'll come back into the United States and match up against uh, Colorado before eventually returning home. Their next home game is Friday, November 3rd, so that is a week from this Friday when they're going to match up against New Jersey, and that's going to be the first of four straight at home. Quick update on what's going on in the NLCS. The game game is now tied as the Phillies were down one nothing, but they get a home run from uh, Alec Bohm. So the Diamondbacks scored one run in the top of the first inning, and then the Phillies come back with one run in the bottom of the second. They are through two in Philadelphia. It is a 1-1 game, and the winner of this game will match up against the Texas Rangers 
in the World Series, which is going to uh, begin on Friday. So we're, more time off, which I, I get why, from a TV standpoint, why they want uh, the World Series starting on Friday, but back-to-back days off, and then they'll get things going uh, coming up on Friday in the World Series. Game one of that series will be in Arlington as the Rangers will host the first two games. The NLCS winner will host games three, four, and five. And then games six and seven, if needed, would be back in Arlington. All right, so uh, Mike Elam is in the house. We're going to talk with him coming up in our next segment. He's got to at your service tonight. And uh, we'll throw something at him that was said today by a pretty prominent member of the sports media. And it's uh, connected to uh, what's going on right now in the NLCS. We'll take a break, have more in just a moment as we roll on with a Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. This is America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Into our final segment of a Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. It's great to uh, have you with us tonight during uh, At Your Service, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock. Our guy, Mike Elam, in the house, in studio, and he joins us right now. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Have you been enjoying the baseball playoffs? I I have not watched a game. A single game. How do you like that? Not one. So I'm one of these great uh, Cardinal baseball fans that as soon as the Cardinals are done, so is baseball. I... I think there's a lot of people like that. I think this year's a little bit different. I think you're more in the... I don't know if it's the minority or not, but... I, I think I am in the minority. You may be, but... Maybe specific to this year, a conversation we've had a lot lately. It feels like the way you feel about things, like last year when the Cardinal season ended, yes, it was tough. They were in the playoffs. So many people did not want to turn on a baseball game after they lost to the Phillies. Where this year, we had known for a while that the Cardinals were not going to be in the playoffs. So I, I think, disengaged like July. I think there's a few <laughs> more people this year who are more into the playoffs as Cardinal fans than they would be compared to, say, last year. My 26-year-old son just chastised me the other day. Because he started talking about it, and I said, Josh, I haven't watched the game. And he's like, you are missing something that is so exciting because except for Houston, we're going to have a new champion. Yeah, and it's going to be either the Diamondbacks or the Phillies from the National League. They're playing Game 7 right now. The game is 1-1. So Chris Mad Dog Russo, he does the High Heat Show on MLB Network. He uh, does uh, ESPN First Take, I think, one day a week. He's got his own satellite radio channel, Mad Dog Radio. Of course, he used to be part of Mike and the Mad Dog Legendary Show uh, in New York. So... Uh, he said something on his radio show uh, before yesterday's Game 6 when the Diamondbacks were down in the series three games to two. I want to play this audio for you. This is from Mad Dog Radio. Uh, to make a long story short, I've been wrong in Arizona from day one. I, I, a, I'm stunned to beat Milwaukee. I thought they'd get swept by the Dodgers. I never thought they'd even go back to Philly for a Game 6. Uh, I'll try it one more time. I would not be stunned if they won tonight. I would be floored. Florida. And I'll say this right now. Just uh, I'll say this right now. And Bob Raceman, write it down. If they win the next two days, they win the next two games and win this series in seven games. If they win, I will I will retire on the spot. Ha! So that's Chris Mad Dog Russo, who is a very polarizing media member. 
And you know, with a personality like that, I can't imagine he'd be polarizing. Yeah, he seems like such a warm and cuddly kind of guy. So, I, like, first off, in, in no world do I think that even if the Diamondbacks move on, that he's retired. The net, the network is named after him. It's Mad Dog Radio. This he's, is like all the people when Donald Trump wins, yeah. I'm moving to Canada. Right, they never moved to Canada. He's uh, he's right. not going to retire, but. For him to say that, like that was, and when he said Bob Raceman, for people who don't know, that's a big media critic in New York. So, okay. you know, he's based out of New York. Like that wasn't just some off the cuff, oh, I'll retire, oh, I'll move to Canada, that one of those. I, that felt very uh, planned out when he said that. I just, I, I don't understand when people make those kind of comments because in my mind, it just hurts your credibility. Like, come on. No one takes you seriously when you do that. You just sound like a hothead. There's absolutely nothing there. Although, now, it makes me care. Now, I don't even know this guy. But now, I I want the Diamondback to win just to make him eat his words. The manager of the Diamondbacks, when heard about that, he said, I'm looking forward to that. So, I'm looking forward to yeah, your, your retirement party. I saw something on social media that the, the Diamondbacks are now America's team because everybody's <laughs> rooting for uh, for the retirement of uh, of him. And he, he, I don't know, like maybe he wants a way out. Maybe he's maybe this is his uh, his way. But it's just uh, it's kind of funny the but way things as, went down. As a manager, you're not always looking for bulletin board material. And is that not the ultimate thing? Yeah, get this guy out of a out of uh, exactly. out of his job. That's it reminds for sure. me of Major League, like where they had the whole uh, the whole yeah the uh, woman and taking the, the yeah, magnets gonna, off. Every yep. win, we're going to take this off until she's left with pasties. Now you're a, you're a uh, you're a council member, right? I uh, am. Okay, St. Charles County Council. Is there anything that could that you would be so sure of would never happen that you would make the statement? You know what? If this happens, I will resign my seat. Lord, no, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing in this Have world. Have you not seen politics <laughs> lately? Oh my! Everything that you thought could never happen in politics, it's happening today. Even in St. Charles County. And, well, St. Charles. I'm not trying to get you in well. trouble here. No, St. Charles. <laughs> we we have our folks who get out on the edge as well. Okay. But yeah, these days nothing is off the table. Absolutely nothing. All right, so you've got uh, at your service tonight. You're going to be with us uh, till 10 o'clock this evening. Take us through what's going to be going on this evening. Oh, so uh, we have got uh, quite a roundtable of stuff that we are going to be doing. I'm excited to have Kelly Bellman on with us. She is the executive director of DASA, the Disabled Athlete Sports Association. Amazing organization. They've got their big uh, sportacular fundraiser that is coming up this weekend. And uh, I'm I'm. Loving for everybody to hear Kelly and what these kids do. That's yeah, really take amazing. Take me through that a little bit. Talk about that organization and some of the things that they do that you're familiar with. So Kelly is, she started the organization about 25 years ago. The Disabled Athlete Sports Association is not Special Olympics. And no slam on Special Olympics. Don't hear what I didn't say. But when they have their tournaments, if you end up fourth, you get nothing. Right. Okay. So it's first, second, third. They have sled hockey that they play. Have you ever seen yes, sled I, hockey? It is it is amazing. Well, well the you know, the Paralympics always happen yes. right after the Olympics. So that's and and they have had DASA athletes who have been part of the Paralympic Games. Okay. 
Uh, so she, I love watching the hockey. Like, uh, of all the uh, of all the Paralympic sports, yes. I, the the hockey is the one that is most entertaining. That's the thing that I'm flipping through the channels. If I'm at a sports bar, like whatever it is, uh, it's it's incredible what they it do. Is. It is These guys awesome. Slamming yeah. each other on sleds, and it, it's really amazing. It is. So I'm looking forward to having her on and just talking about. She had a girl who was a swimmer at Francis Howe High School. She had no legs. And uh, Kelly taught her to swim, and she got so good, she made the varsity swim team wow. with no legs. That's It's just great story. Just human interest kind of stuff. I'm, I'm looking forward to you meeting her. Mark Carter from St. Louis County Council is going to be on. They just passed uh, some gun legislation, open carry, uh, that we're going to talk about that tonight. Adam Schwadron is running for Secretary of State. He's a county council. He's a county council. He's a state rep uh, for District 105 in St. Charles County. Uh, he's running for Secretary of State. We're going to talk to him. Nina D'Angelo uh, wrote a book called Perfectly Imperfect, and it's with a group of women who came together, and they all wrote a different chapter, and they all have individual stories that are really cool. So going to introduce you to Nina and talk a little bit about how that book came about being, and then we'll wrap up with John Weeman, who's a former uh, Speaker Pro Temp of the Missouri House. He is now the Vice President of Workforce and Strategic Initiatives, for St. Charles Community College. They've got a big groundbreaking tomorrow that they are doing out in Winsville. So we'll talk to John, and I'm sure we will talk a little bit about all the craziness because if you're a speaker or trying to be a speaker in Washington, D.C., or if you're the current speaker in Jefferson City, it tends to be a lightning rod position as of today. So we will see. Where we're at right now on a political standpoint, and obviously I don't get political on, on, on sports open line, but sometimes you just take a step back and you look at what's going on in our country and you yeah. say, and this is not about anybody on any side. I mean, there's 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 far more culpability to go around everywhere. But it's I I always think to myself like when I see people on TV, if I'm watching some sort of hearing or something, right. and these individuals are at, you know, when when a 12 year old has more maturity than you, <laughs> I just you're 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 a you're a 60 year old man or whatever it might be. If if you were 30 years ago, if somebody would take a video of what you're doing right now, how would have you felt about it? I, I don't know what they were like then, but sometimes it's just it's embarrassing. Oh, the whole thing right now. Yeah, the whole thing is just embarrassing. That's my amateur take on what's going on in our world from a uh, political perspective, and that's why I talk about sports. It's well, a lot more fun. Thanks for inviting me in yeah. for the last part of this. Mike, I appreciate it. Have a good show. Thank you. We will all be listening. That's Mike Elam. He is on uh, tonight from 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock. I'm Matt Pauley. We'll be back with you tomorrow for another edition of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. We'll be previewing the World Series. It's going to be the Rangers and either the Diamondbacks or the Phillies. We're going to keep you uh, updated here uh, as we go through the evening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Got people rooting for the Diamondbacks. We'll talk to you tomorrow. It's another Gray Bar Sports Open Line then right here on KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.